This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Uh, so, yeah, as mentioned, I want to talk movies and the idea that we can have different kinds of movies that appeal to different kinds of people. I'm a big fan, as I say, of Martin Scorsese's films, Francis Ford Coppola's films. I know Scorsese's got this new one coming out, The Irishman, that's going to be on Netflix next month, and I'm super excited about it. But I also love the Marvel movies. <laughs> I've seen them all uh, and was really excited to go see. You know, Avengers Endgame and, and all the rest. I think it's been really fun to have, um, you know, this this whole Marvel empire come about. Even though uh, they've got their way of doing things, they've got their formula. They're certainly dominating the movie industry. But can all of this coexist? So you had recently Martin Scorsese dumping all over Marvel films, uh, suggesting that the Marvel Cinematic Universe was just not cinema. You got Francis Ford Coppola joining in. Uh, he called the Marvel Cinematic Universe films despicable in a speech he gave on Friday. So wh- where is this all coming from? And, and what does it matter if we've got, you know, all kinds of different kinds of movies? No one expects Martin Scorsese to necessarily be uh, an Avengers fan. And not everyone who's an Avengers fan is going to be a fan of Martin Scorsese's movies. But is there something about what we perceive to be cinema that's an issue here? Anyway, joining us for some thoughts on all this, very pleased to welcome to the program Travis Bean. He's a movie writer with Forbes.com and also co-host of the podcast Your Brain on Film, which you can find at filmcolossus.com. Travis, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, so what's your sense of why this, this whole feud, if that's what you want to call it, came about in, in the first place? Yeah, it's weird. I feel like a lot of it's probably just the result of, like, maybe not poor communication, but, like, you know, with headlines and mm-hmm. viral media, oh, yeah. you know, you just get the soundbite of stuff. <laughs> and, you know, you just hear Scorsese saying not cinema, and you hear uh, Coppola saying despicable. And I think really it just hints at a much larger discussion that's not being had <clears throat> because what Marvel's doing compared to, you know, what Scorsese and Coppola did back in the day. Like, that's a very nuanced conversation, like the difference in what's expected out of movies these days. And so I don't know if it's necessarily, like, some view that was hiding and, like, waiting to jump out, more or less than just, like, no one's ever asked these legendary artists what they think of the Marvel movies. And, I mean, obviously, times have changed and movies are different and, they look at the Marvel movies now and it's not anywhere near what they perceived they were doing 30 years ago. So, and they're both very blunt people, especially Coppola. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's just, uh, he just kind of let loose on it and it, it sounds worse than it is. I mean, he did call them despicable, but um, I, I think that if you pushed Coppola and 
we had a nuanced conversation about it, you you probably realize that he's more speaking to what the Marvel movies represent to the shift in cinema um, as opposed to like the movies themselves because I imagine he's probably never even seen the movies so if you actually had a real conversation with him about the movies say like him and James Gunn sat down and had a conversation it'd be a lot more interesting and full of uh, you know just more uh, rational thoughts and less arguing yeah well I, I would think so I would hope so but because um, I mean sure when you know when uh, when Goodfellas came out in 1990 there were a lot of big budget kind of silly popcorn box office sort of movies so the fact that those kinds of movies exist is not new but I, I do think and there is something mm. in all of this that the the movie experience has changed. Uh, you know, having Disney yeah. as such a colossus, uh, such a force in, in movies, more so than they ever have been, you know, that's new as well. I would imagine it's tougher for smaller, more serious, more art house kind of movies, not just to get made, but to actually get into mm-hmm. theaters. Is, I mean, is there is there something in all of that? Yeah, I think so. Especially, um, I wrote about this on Forbes and how, you know, uh, it, Robert Downey Jr. was on the Howard Stern show and they asked him like what he thought about it. And uh, Downey's response was more or less just like, well, these are genre movies and like, these mean a lot to like the genre, you know, area of film, action movies, horror movies, sci-fi movies. And I think it's more that genre films have changed so much because both Coppola and Scorsese have made plenty of genre movies, especially Coppola. He did Dracula, you know, he did uh, Twixt. Um, and they tried to dabble in those sort of next level genre movies over the years. Like Scorsese just made Shutter Island like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think maybe the reaction is more that they have a much different approach to genre than like say Disney would, where Disney sees that, you know, you can make a lot of money on an action movie, on a superhero movie. If you build the cinematic universe, they're building their, their eyes are really set on, Profit, not that they're not, but they're not considering the art of a movie, the cinema, as Scorsese called it, uh, but that, you know, they're looking to make a lot of money on these movies. So yeah. it kind of becomes secondary, like using the tools of genre movies that Coppola and Scorsese have used over the years. So I mean, to me, it kind of makes sense. Like, it's not very often that a movie strikes like an Avengers movie would. And Marvel's Marvel and Disney really nailed down that formula in a way that, like, how could Scorsese or Coppola do that? Like, they're art house directors. Like, they make their kinds of movies. And every time they make a genre movie, it's not going to do as well as, like, a Marvel movie. So maybe some sort of bitterness is coming through through that. <laughs> it could be. But, yeah, the, the, the idea that, you know, a studio has its, its schedule for the next several years planned out and they can announce it in one face yeah, right. that we've got this then we've got this 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 and this and then it's all going to culminate in this we, we've never had yeah. that before that that's never really existed like that before yeah and i think i actually think that's more than anything what scorsese was talking about you know when he says not cinema like to me honestly like that's kind of a ridiculous thing to say like what even is cinema like that's such a nuanced argument but i think more than anything he's just speaking to that you know, it's not that it's not cinema. It's just that cinema's changing. It's mm-hmm. that studios are going to have their control over their movies if they're looking to build these cinematic universes. And, you know, Disney's got it down pat. <laughs> they're making billions of dollars. They have it all planned out for years. 
they can build hype for movies that's going to come out in like three, four years. And I think what you're seeing is a shift in the way studios and artists interact. Uh, we're seeing it with the DC movies because, you know, the studio has notably like not turned out very good movies, like in the public's eye anyway. You know, Batman vs. Superman, the Justice League movie, all of those movies are, they were perceived as bad because of studio interference. They weren't just like artists going in and making what they wanted. It became this weird complex system where you had to satisfy like what the studio wanted because Disney's gotten so good at it, so we should do that too. We need to have a tighter grasp over our movies. And to me, that's really the shift that's happening. And, and I don't blame Scorsese for seeing that and thinking this isn't good because Scorsese is an artist and somebody who's always had control over his projects. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I do think there, there's something to that. The idea that, wow, I just wrote this awesome screenplay. I, this director's really excited about this. How do we make this movie happen? Who would be great for these roles? Uh, and then you do all of that and the studio says, sure. Yeah. Here's, you know, $20 million. Go make your movie as opposed yeah. to, we've already decided that this is the movie we're making. If you want to direct right. this movie, you, you you can, but you need to fit into this box. It's got to be a certain way. It's got to help advance the the story of the movie that comes after that. It's it's I suppose much more limiting if if you're a director. Yeah, directing and even the writers because uh, I mean once because I, I think some directors in the Marvel universe have transcended it. I, I think James Gunn like brings his his directorial choices to the movies. Like I think Guardians of the Galaxy two doesn't look anything like any of the other Marvel movies. It's yeah. so colorful and bombastic. Like every once in a while you get somebody like a Thor Ragnarok, like it, it's something different. Um, but it, the writing though, is maybe more <laughs> where the problem lies because like you can't write some metaphorical tale about this that explores the characters. Like, no, you just need to write a story that fits in with this giant plot we're doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's something to be said for that, too. And I guess, look, I mean, in, until these movies stop making money, it's it's going to keep being that way. Yeah. But there is still a, a place, isn't there, for, for art house movies? There's still a place for smaller budget, even independent films, isn't there? I think so. I mean, Joker, case in point, right? Like, I think they had a budget of like $50 million and it's made almost $800 million. <laughs> so yeah. there's a place for it. It's just... Um, I think it's just going to take time. And again, what you're seeing Scorsese and Coppola is reacting to is uh, just what's happening now. Like it hasn't found its footing yet. And studios kind of do have control of the movies. And it'll probably take some time for directors and writers to really hone in on the art that Scorsese and Coppola perceived in their own movies. Yeah. But I mean, you know, with the, the, film the irishman that's coming out i think they're showing it briefly in theaters just so it can qualify for awards but otherwise it's, it's going to be on netflix do you think we're getting to a place where the only movies that are going to be in the theaters are the ones that are going to be imax 3d just the enormous productions and then anything else you just you yeah. watch it you watch it at home do, do, do you think we're go, going down that path god i wish i had the answer to that one i mean that's does it feel like we are i don't know <laughs> yeah especially with netflix getting such a huge market share and they're going to have like three or four movies nominated for Oscars this year, like best picture. Um, yeah, we could definitely be going down that path and movie watching will look a lot different soon. Um, but I will say if, if the theater is all we have are Marvel movies, like that's not like the worst trade off ever because you know, <laughs> the cinematic universe, like that's exciting. That's something we do want to go see and become enveloped in. And 
Um, yeah, because Netflix, I think that, yeah. Yeah. Netflix can be cinema. I think, yeah, I, I totally agree with that, yeah. All right, much more at uh, filmcolossus.com. Also, your work uh, at Forbes.com. Travis, really appreciate the conversation here. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. All right. Travis Bean, he's a movie writer for Forbes.com. Also, uh, hosts the podcast, Your Brain on Film, that and more at filmcolossus.com. So, um, yeah, he, he sees this, Scorsese, it was making kind of a deeper point about how the business, the nature of movie making has changed. Maybe there's something to that. Sure, you wouldn't expect Mar- you know, Martin Scorsese to direct the next Avengers movie. These things can exist separately. Although, ironically enough, uh, since this now involves Francis Ford Coppola, Mario Puzo wrote the book The Godfather, right? Guess what else Mario Puzo wrote? He wrote the screenplay for the original Superman movie. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.